The U.S. is very well known for its education and for the job opportunities and for the entrepreneurial spirit and the fact that being an entrepreneur and having side gigs and working with different clients and taking risks is so much encouraged in this environment. It really made me curious about what I could achieve if I would be in that type of environment. Welcome to The Remarkable Leap. My name is Julia, and I'm here to guide you on your journey towards becoming a brighter version of yourself. Every week, you'll gain inspiration and wisdom from our guests on how to embrace your fears and take your own leap of faith in your personal life or in your career. We each only get one life to live. Make it remarkable. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Remarkable Leap. It's your host, Juliette. Today on the podcast, we have Misha Kuze, who is a social media marketing manager and an instructor at UCLA Extension. In this episode, we talk about how she uprooted her entire life five years ago and left her family and community behind in the Netherlands to pursue the American dream. Hi, Misha. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Juliette. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, excited to chat with you as well. And for listeners who don't know you, would you mind just giving us a little background and what you're currently up to? Sure. I'm born and raised in the Netherlands, moved to LA to pursue my Californian dream. I was sitting in the classroom as a student, and today I've been named the first and only UCLA Extension alumna to become a UCLA Extension instructor in the program. And I've been teaching my students to become social entrepreneurs, to change the world while achieving financial success. And I've also been teaching digital marketing and classes on global sustainability. And besides teaching, and I just love doing that and creating success stories for my students, my journey really revolves around nutrition, marketing, and sustainability. So I'm a digital marketer and a nutritionist by training. I have my master's in nutrition and health from the Netherlands, as well as a master's in marketing. So I've been working with a lot of different companies Um, like Fortune 500 companies like Unilever. I've consulted for the World Health Organization of the United Nations. And currently I'm working with a scientific nutrition technology company called El Nutra. And we're really trying to enhance human health and longevity. So it's been a really exciting journey. Well, that's amazing that it sounds like you're juggling a lot of hats and doing a lot of interesting things. And I know that when we first started talking that you had mentioned to me that you had moved from the Netherlands to the U.S., specifically here in California, to pursue your dreams. Um, and I know you brushed on that a little bit, but talk me through a little bit more about that decision and and why you thought the U.S. was the place where you needed to be to pursue your dreams. Absolutely. So born and raised in the Netherlands, I knew my destiny was elsewhere. Every day I would take my bicycle to school, dreaming of doing bigger and better things in sunny California as I was feeling the rain pour over me. For those of you who've visited, it's cold and windy most times of the year. So I was visiting the U.S. ever since I was a young kid. I was visiting relatives in the Bay Area. And at some point, I just saw that the life they built with their careers and personal life and community was just something that I really aspired to. So I really wanted to make my big move before I turned 30. And it's easier said than done. As you know, and some of your other guests have shared, there's a lot of 
anxiety, if you will, that comes with it. So although I was born and raised in the Netherlands, our family has a Persian heritage. So I grew up looking different than everyone else and thinking about different things than everyone else, which made me the odd kid on the block. So diversity and inclusion became a very important topic to me. And Los Angeles really embodied that um, hub of diversity and inclusion because I was experiencing discrimination from a young age. And the reason I'm sharing this is because there may be audience members listening to your podcast right now who've experienced moments where they felt like they didn't belong in some type of setting. And they may have even been told that they couldn't do or achieve certain things because of their background. So let's just show them that this, this makes us thrive even more, right? So my journey really came from a lot of different angles, mainly trying to find a community and a place I could feel home. Another part of it is that it all starts, in my opinion, with having a mission and sticking to it and being committed to succeed. So when I embarked on this journey, it wasn't overnight. I thought about this decision for probably 15 years before I actually took the leap of faith. And I have a wonderful family back home. So I essentially left my family. I had a very stable job at one of the Fortune 500 companies. Um, I had friends and family. So when I pursued my Californian dream, it was a very emotional experience because I'm very close to my family and it felt challenging to explain why my destiny was elsewhere. So why did I need to cross the oceans move 5,500 miles away and take that risk. So that was one big part of it. The other part of it is that my employers or my employer at the time found it hard to believe that I was willing to take that risk because that traditional path of growth and promoting your role within the company was going so well. I had just received a promotion and my employer to be honest with you, wasn't very understanding, which may be different than your experience or some of the other audience members. Many people were judging me for taking this bold risk and I did experience some backlash. So I had to be really sure about this and not let their negativity affect me. Totally. Yeah, definitely a lot of inspirational takeaways um, from your story there. And I appreciate you being so open and honest with everything. And I think it's interesting to hear that you had family over here in California, in Northern California, and you kind of had that exposure to this culture and this environment. Um, and then you were working in the Netherlands for a few years before you decided to move out here. So I'm curious as to what was that sort of deciding point or that tipping point where you realized, okay, to really take my career to the next level, I, I need to come to the US? Absolutely. That's a great question. So I think it did come from the fact that I had set this goal for myself before turning 30. And as cliche as it may sound, most of my friends and colleagues were ready to take the next step in their personal lives, get married, have kids. And I just realized that if I didn't take this step at this point in time, I will have to move forward and, you know, as everyone else 
um, make certain decisions. And I knew that this was something I wanted to do from a young age. So it was partially the natural progression of life, if you will, and the age that allowed me to take the leap of faith earlier. Another part of it is that the U.S. is very well known for its education and for the job opportunities and for the entrepreneurial spirit and the fact that being an entrepreneur and having side gigs and working with different clients and taking risks is so much encouraged in this environment. It really made me curious about what I could achieve if I would be in that type of environment. I realized it was going to be a lot more competitive because we have so many more people living here. We have people from all over the world moving um, to pursue this dream. So it was really a combination of the phase of life I was in, the quality of the education, the opportunities that arise from living um, in the U.S., and just the fact that you hear a lot of success stories about how people hustle and start, you know, as a broke student and make it to six-figure income and just being able to realize that vision or, or be part of it just really inspired me. Totally. I love that. And just for some context, when you were in the Netherlands, what was that last job that you had before you quit? And what were you hoping to be able to do in the U.S.? Did you have a specific company in mind that you wanted to work for, specific like courses that you wanted to take? What was sort of your hope in terms of that next phase from where you were? Sure. So I found the program at UCLA Extension, which was the marketing certificate, which was essentially a perfect transition into getting practical education and understanding the local environment in terms of digital marketing and the trends and networking with current companies. So I eventually wanted to find a marketing job in the food industry. So my ideal job was what I'm essentially doing right now, working with a nutrition um, technology and health company and support them with their marketing efforts. But I knew that I needed to transition from my role in the Netherlands at Unilever to a job here, but make the right connections. So for me, the option wasn't so much apply for other jobs in Los Angeles and see what sticks. For me, the process was I need to transition into the environment and working environment here, learn all the tricks and tips that I need to know, make the right connections and move from there. Because I realized early on there were going to be so many differences and I didn't want to necessarily be tied to one employer because I did want to get my education here. Yeah, that's really smart. I think it's a good way of going about it just to sort of be re-immersed in the culture that is probably very different. I know you said you visited a few times, um, but did you already have connections out here in Los Angeles? I know you had family up north, but what was that experience like coming to California? Did you expect to be able to jump into a community or were you more sort of going on your own and figuring out when you got here? I'm so glad you asked that, Juliet, because that's one of my main 
challenges and things I talk about with my students and my clients. When I took the ultimate leap of faith and bought a one-way ticket from Amsterdam to Los Angeles, I had exactly zero connections in Los Angeles. So I had no idea what was waiting for me here. And although I knew I was going to be part of a UCLA extension program and an international community, I really didn't have a clear idea of what was waiting for me here outside of the online research that I had done. So learning to drive on the 405 in traffic after driving a bike and taking public transportation back home, and then the sky-high rental prices causing me to go through my savings much faster than I anticipated dealing with lawyer issues and work permit and visa issues year after year and the culture shock were just a few of the inevitable barriers that I faced. So I wasn't under the impression that it was going to be a walk in the park, but I did have the impression that I was going to be part of an international community and to be fully transparent, it's very hard for international students to find internships, jobs, networks, and um, communities they can be a part of. As you said, mentioned before, it takes a lot of time to get immersed and be truly embraced by new communities because there's one thing we shouldn't forget, Juliet. We grow up in a certain environment with family and friends. And because we're in high school or at university, we spend a lot of time with like-minded professionals. When you essentially move to the other side of the world and you cross oceans and you have zero connections there, there is no way you're going to be able to mimic that type of relationship or establish those really solid relationships, whether it's in the workplace or just on a personal level. So you really are also at an adult age. It all makes it much more challenging to build up that community. It's definitely super courageous and super commendable that you were able to pack up your whole life in the Netherlands, like you said, 5,500 miles away and come here to Los Angeles. How long do you think it took for you to really establish your footing here and, and build up a bit of a community? Because I think that's the scariest part for most people in terms of thinking about moving to a foreign place. I would say that it doesn't take really long to meet new people because we have social media platforms, we have Facebook groups, we have LinkedIn, we have Eventbrite. So we have all these spaces where we can go and find like-minded individuals. I think there is a difference between meeting people and like you mentioned, becoming part of a community. I think that year three was the time where I felt more comfortable with my environment. And I felt like I had a group of people who I call my tribe, who essentially helped me get through it. I had a few mentors that I found. One of my amazing mentors, her name is Nance Rosen. She is a marketing guru, uh, a UCLA extension instructor, and she's an expert on career development and personal branding. And I think that once you start meeting the right people who can guide you in the right direction and empower you and 
help you see certain opportunities you don't see yourself because you're so focused on all the emotional things you're going through and all of the barriers. So I think year three was a good time for me when I started to put everything in place and it didn't feel like I was constantly out of my comfort zone because that's essentially how you're going to feel. The first two months may be a breeze where you feel like you're on a trip and you're doing a California road trip and you're going to all these different cities and you're having so much fun. And then after a few months, reality kicks in and you realize that you're trying to build up a life and everyone has different goals. So some of us moved here because they wanted to be a year abroad. Some of us moved because of personal reasons. And then you have people who go back. So being part of an international community also brings different elements. I would meet a lot of people, be part of a community, have great relationships, like great friendships, and then they would move back to their countries. I had friends from France, Brazil, all different continents, and they complete the program and they go off and have amazing jobs, uh, but they go back to their own country. So there's all these things that we don't think about essentially, and we kind of overestimate how... um, or underestimate how challenging it is to build those long-term lasting relationships. Mm, Yeah, I think that's interesting that you had sort of delineated between like the first two months of being here, just being super exciting, being in a new city, just sort of feeling like it's an adventure, and then sort of that reality setting in that, you know, you have to build a life for yourself here. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious as to, I guess, how those first couple of years went for you. Sure. So I think the number one thing that really helped me was networking with my instructors at the program because they have a lot of connections and they've worked with a lot of different international students. So they understand some of the challenges and they know people who can help you basically elevate your career journey. So what really helped me establish in the first few years was connecting with them. I was attending class. One of my first marketing instructors was Mark Stern, and he brought in a guest speaker who was who had her own digital marketing agency, and she was talking about the work they did, and it was just really fascinating to me. So I started connecting with the guest speakers and found out that a lot of the stuff I enjoy doing is actually in digital marketing. And when I was pursuing my master's in marketing, social media wasn't something that was taught in school. So I felt like it was the right time and place for me to be learning about these things. And we have a lot of people who self-educate and become experts in the space. So Being able to find opportunities to volunteer and network was really important. I realized that every interaction I had with people was another opportunity to sell myself and showcase my value to future employers. So I also started going to career fairs. And it really helps when you have people who believe in you from the get-go. Trust me, my mantra is being confident and knowing your own worth. But sometimes when you're in such a new environment and you're just a little bit alienated from everything you know, it helps to have someone who believes in you from the get-go and it takes one mentor to get the ball rolling. 
So I think it's about staying positive and motivated throughout the mentally challenging thought processes, not allowing negativity to hinder your productivity, and just stick to the long-term vision of the goals because it's easy to get boggled down by the short-term challenges and looking one week ahead, but you need to look six months, one year, even five years ahead to be able to set you know, your goals, stay positive and keep thriving. Yeah, I think a lot of great points there. It, it definitely shows you know, that you had such a determination about you to really put yourself out there, meet new people in order for you to have a thriving career here. And in talking a little bit more about long-term goals, did you have something specific in mind that you wanted to be able to build out here? Like, did you envision that you would build your career out here and be able to settle down here? Or did you do you eventually want to go back to the Netherlands? Or was that sort of open-ended for you? Oh, that's a great question. Because I think that decision alone determines how well you'll survive, for lack of a better word, in the city of angels, because most of you are listening are either from the area or no. Los Angeles is a very competitive and hard city to succeed in. So I was absolutely 100% determined to build out my career here. And it was a long-term decision. There was no, there was no um, desire for me to move back. I did give myself a time frame of two years, essentially saying if within two years I haven't sorted out my situation and I still don't have any guideline or clear path that I'm walking, I'm going to go back just because I didn't feel like more time than two years was able, I wasn't able to justify more than two years of not knowing where I'm going. And in addition to that, I think you need to also realize depending on where you move from and how frequently you visit, once you move and enter a new space, you really need to realize that you're leaving a lot of things behind and it's not that everything and everyone else is waiting for you to come back. So if you're moving and you're leaving, you're really comfortable excellent job. There's no guarantee that if you take the leap of faith and come back in two years, that job is still waiting for you because there's competition. There's so many other factors that influence it. So my biggest advice to my students is always decide whether you're in this for the long haul. If you know this is temporary, I would advise you to divide your time in a different way and allocate your time and resources differently than if you're trying to establish a life. Yeah, I think that's really solid advice. And I think, as you mentioned, it was sort of helpful for you to be able to commit to saying, I plan to build a life here and I want to do that. I'm curious as to what was maybe like the biggest culture shock for you or the most difficult thing to readjust to when you moved here. Right. Um, there are so many. I'm trying to mentally filter and <laughs> find maybe the top <laughs> two. As I mentioned before, the distances and the driving was definitely a challenge. If you're commuting on a day-to-day -day basis and sometimes you're in traffic for two hours and you get to your destination and you're meeting with a client and you're absolutely fried from the drive, 
it's really hard to re-energize yourself and be present at the moment, be able to sell yourself. So I think one of the biggest challenges was just understanding the distances, the driving distance, and how this also in turn impacts the relationships we have. So we tend to try and stay in our communities or close in a close mile radius because we don't want to drive all that way. It really, Juliet, affects the way people interact as well. You don't get the opportunity to plan a lot of meetings in person. A lot of it happens remotely. So while that brings excellent opportunities in terms of how we work and how we interact, it also makes building relationships, in my opinion, that much harder. So that was a big challenge for me. The other challenge was just not really having that support community and not really having the people who I know will unconditionally believe in my mission and support me. So it's really just relying on yourself, getting everything done and making sure that the process of going through the changes doesn't rob you from your purpose. I think that's yeah, a very interesting point to bring up. I'd love to just hear just briefly about what your experience was like in terms of applying for a visa and trying to apply for jobs. Was that What was that experience like for you? Yes, that's a good question. So it's definitely very difficult because you need to find the right legal advice or firm or lawyer. You need to understand all of the work permit criteria. If you find a potential employer, you need to be able to educate them on the process because not all of them are familiar with the process. Some bigger employers like the big tech companies do this on a very um, larger scale. So they're familiar and they have in-house legal support But it is really challenging mainly because of the uncertainty it brings with it. You essentially don't know if you're going to be able to work um, and have that job and stay in the country uh, a few months from now. I had to overcome some of my visa challenges by going back to school. So I started my first certificate in marketing, then I found a job. And I worked there and then because my visa was expiring and my visa didn't get through the tons and thousands of other applications because of some legal paperwork, I had to go back to school. So although I love education and it's a red thread throughout my career and it just allows me to make a bigger impact, I essentially had to resign my own job, train the new person and make sure they're successful at their job while I go back to school. And that's two master programs, one certificate program and a whole lot of work experience in. So it's definitely sometimes just biting through the dust and just realizing that you're not starting from zero. I think you're actually starting below zero and you just need to hustle to get to that equal playing ground. And from there, opportunities will start happening. But it's definitely important to seek legal advice, um, talk to law firms, educate yourself on the different work permits, um, do research, get second opinions, talk to people in your 
professional community, talk to instructors, fellow colleagues, wherever you may be, and make sure you know the ins and outs because nobody else is going to be as motivated to make it work for you as you are. Yeah. Just to wrap up the podcast, uh, we're going to dive into some rapid fire questions that I like to ask all of my guests. So the first question is, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self before you had taken your leap of faith? I would say invest time and resources into personal branding because personal branding isn't optional anymore. It's really necessary to stand out of the crowd. And I believe LinkedIn is an excellent tool for that. Amazing. And then number two is what's one thing that went massively wrong when you took your leap of faith and moved out here and how did you recover from it? So as I mentioned, I moved out here without knowing anyone and having zero connections. And this is while my number one resource in this city are my connections. So may not sound like rocket science to anyone, but Building a network at an adult age is very different uh, when you're interacting with similar people in your job or at university. So I did everything I could to find opportunities to volunteer and network. As I mentioned, I use some of the online platforms, just being everywhere at the right time, at the right place, knowing how to start conversations, know how to be an active listener, and just building out that connection one person at a time. Love that. And then the last question is, what makes someone remarkable? I love that question. So someone to me is truly remarkable when they're persistent, resilient, and use their superpowers to empower others. I see someone being remarkable when they go out of their comfort zone to deal with unfamiliar situations and handle the curveballs thrown at them and just making the critical, bold decisions to reach their goals. What makes me thrive the most is when someone tells me, I never looked at it that way. Thank you for opening my eyes to this issue. And I really feel empowered to grow, do better, and be the change for good because only then can we leave a legacy? And I wish everyone finds their purpose and holds on to it and basically start building their legacy. Yes, that's incredible. And you're definitely a remarkable person as well, taking the leap oh, of faith you're kind. and inspiring other people with your story as well. So I really thank you for your time today, Misha. Thank you so much for having me, Juliet. If anyone in the audience would like to connect with me or felt just a tiny tad inspired by the talk, and if I've touched one person, that's amazing, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you message me in your connection request, letting me know you heard me on the Remarkable Leap podcast, I'll make sure to send you a tip sheet with my 5T framework to create a legacy. Awesome. I love that. And I'll make sure to link it in the show notes below if anyone's interested. Thanks again so much. Thank you. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Leap podcast. If you like this, please show your support by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and share this with a friend. It would help so much. Thanks again. And I hope you have a wonderful day.